Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. So many aspects of our health are influenced by the vast array of microscopic organisms living within us, known collectively as the microbiome. These trillions of cells in our gut help to control everything from our immunity, nervous system, and hormones. Our gut regulates our brain health, how we age, how we think, sleep, and even how much we weigh. Joining us today is returning guest, Dr. William Davis. His new book, Super Gut shares how we can reboot our digestive system and maintain long-term health and well-being. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Super Gut. Stay tuned, it all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Joining us today is preventative cardiologist and author of several books, which include three New York Times bestsellers. His groundbreaking number one international bestseller, Wheat Belly, Changed How the World Looks at Grains. His large list of print and media appearances include Dr. Odd Show, CBS This Morning, Fox TV, The New York Times, and Huffington Post. His latest book is called Supergut, a four-week plan to reprogram your microbiome, restore health, and lose weight. Welcome back to the show, Dr. William Davis. Oh, thank you for the invitation. Ah, glad you could join us. I loved your new book. It, it, it really took a lot of guts to research and write this information-packed book. Pun intended there, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was inspired by the kinds of results I was seeing that people tell me. You know, people had uh, enjoyed all sorts of wonderful health benefits by just doing the basic wheat belly diet and then addressing a handful of supplements uh, that were nutrients that were missing in modern life. Not everybody went 100% all the way back to magnificent health. And so that's where I, I look to the microbiome for better answers. Yeah, so you really went from wheat belly to beyond the belly and focusing on the rest of the digestive system. So it's kind of like a nice segue there. It is. And some of the things I've been seeing these last few years are truly fascinating and wonderful. I mean, people are getting better skin, better sleep, restoration, youthful muscle, better attitudes, more happy. Uh, acceleration of weight loss, all kinds of things. Who would have thought that the microbiome played a role in any of those things? Yeah. So, so share for the listeners that may be unfamiliar with that term, what exactly is the microbiome and why is it so important? So it's the collection of creatures, mostly bacteria, but other creatures like fungi also, that dwell on the human body. You know, these things, we used to think that most organs, as you recall, you know, we were told in school and training that most organs are sterile or meant to be sterile. And that's not true. The airways, the uterus, the eyes, the thyroid gland, the thymus, the heart uh, are all filled with microbes. The brain, uh, with new DNA methods, they're uncovering microbes in just about every organ. Many of them are beneficial, but some of them are not. Yeah. One thing that really amazes me, and you touch on this in the book, is the gut-brain connection. Experts used to believe our memory, mood, and personality solely originated from the brain. Now science shows that these things are highly influenced by our gut. Share with us how the brain and the gut are connected. They're kind of not really close to each other. Right. So one main way is via the vagus nerve, the nerve that runs between the gut and the brain. So my favorite microbe in the world is Lactobacillus reuteri, R-E-U-T-E-R-I, named after the German microbiologist, Dr. Gerhard Reuter, who uncovered it in breast milk in 1962. Well, this microbe has been lost by virtually everybody, modern people, because it's very susceptible to common antibiotics like ampicillin. You might have taken for a sinus infection or upper respiratory infection. So ampicillin wipes out this very important microbe 
And one of the things this, thing, this microbe did for us was take up residence in the entire GI tract, by the way, not just the colon, but the entire GI tract, and sends a signal via the vagus nerve up to the brain to the hypothalamus to release the hormone oxytocin which your listeners may recognize as the hormone of love and empathy. So when you restore this microbe, one of the wonderful things that happens is a restoration of love and empathy. People say, I like my spouse better. I like my family better. They, they're less annoying. I like my coworkers better. I see other people's points of view more readily. And so it really affects not just the way you feel, but also your internal dialogue. It converts. It's less likely to be hate and anger and criticism, and more likely to be love and empathy. And if your gut's in bad shape, you literally mean I hate your guts in the, in the real term. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yes, I like that idea. I'm going to use that. You can use that. I got to, oh, stick with me, buddy. I got to, <laughs> I'm, the word, I'm the word nerd. <laughs> That's what they call me, the word nerd. <laughs> but, I but, see why. Yeah, but you know, I've been reading a lot on even how dementia and Alzheimer's disease may be gut-related, and this really hit a nerve with me because back in 2016, I had severe colitis after being exposed to contaminated water. And during this time, Doc, my memory suffered. I couldn't remember the name of my office manager of 17 years. I said, go talk to the brunette at the front. I couldn't remember her name. Now, a common complaint I hear from patients is brain fog. Could that be gut-related simply? I can't remember my keys or I can't remember where I'm supposed to be? Absolutely. Of course, there's other causes too, but the gut plays a big role in all aspects of brain health. It could be responsible for anxiety, panic attacks, depression, a really big one, by the way, hate, anger, uh, disruption of sleep, dream content, the erotic content of dreams that my favorite <laughs> microbe in the world, Rotori, one of the things it does, it actually increases the erotic content of your dreams like you used to have when you were 19 years old. It also increases libido, by the way. The ladies go nuts over it because it also, that boost in oxytocin we get, you know, we used to think of oxytocin as only being a hormone about love and empathy. Well, that's important, but it's also a major physiologic regulator. And one of the effects is that it causes an explosion in dermal collagen. And ladies love it because they start to lose their wrinkles within eight weeks or so of replacing it. Yeah, I know you, you share a sentence that I think many listeners uh, will, will be excited about that want to lose weight. You said, quote, you will not have to cut your calories, cut your fat intake, move more and eat less or any of the other advice you hear, which does not work. Doc, that's a profound statement that goes against the grain, but you're known for going against the grain, pun there intended. But <laughs> sh share how your book can help us lose weight and keep it off. Well, one of the very important phenomena, you know, lots of people have suspected that there's this process of gut leak. That is that the contents of your gastrointestinal tract somehow gained entry into the bloodstream and the rest of the body. That was always a suspicion, but it was finally confirmed in 2007 by a very famous uh, Belgian group, Dr. Patrice Kenny, And they showed that the microbes living in your GI tract do indeed have the ability when they live and die, when you have microbes, trillions of them, they don't live for minutes to hours. They're very brief. When they die, some of their breakdown products uh, gain entry to the bloodstream. And that process is called endotoxemia. And that is such a critical thing for people to understand because it means that gut microbes can be experienced as rosacea or psoriasis on the skin or as depression or Alzheimer's dementia in the brain, of course, or as the joint pain, muscle aches of fibromyalgia or restless leg syndrome, uh, or as the insulin resistance of type two diabetes, weight gain and obesity. So now that we understand that these processes originate in the GI tract, 
the solution is in the GI tract, not just blocking some pathway or giving you a drug to reduce blood sugar or giving you some drug to hopefully improve your memory a little bit uh, for, for dementia or giving you an antidepressant for depression. The answer is in the gut, uh, rearranging what's going on in the, in the microbiome. Yeah, so the old saying, all disease begins in the gut, that we've heard for decades, we've, science has proved this. It's actually true. That's interesting. So It's looking that way. Yeah, you mentioned about the, the leaky gut. You mentioned I've been reading a lot about the environmental toxins and the role they may play. What's your view? The chemicals in the water, food in the air, can that make our gut leak? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> We're surrounded by things. <laughs> Beyond the antibiotics, the antibiotics alone, of course, are a big factor. Most of us by age 40 have taken 30 courses of antibiotics, so that's a big player. The uh, herbicide glyphosate in Roundup is ubiquitous. If we tested every, all your listeners' hair, skin, urine, blood, we all have glyphosate in us now because it's so it's used so ubiquitously. And glyphosate is an herbicide, yes, but it's also an antibiotic. Uh, common food additives like emulsifying agents in peanut butter, salad dressing, and ice cream, those disrupt the microbiome. Synthetic sweeteners and diet colas disrupt the microbiome. Common drugs, as you know, like stomach acid blocking drugs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen and naproxen, uh, statin cholesterol drugs, birth control pills. In other words, we swim in, a, in an ocean of factors that have disrupted the human microbiome, and it leaves us with this long list of modern health conditions from depression to obesity. Yeah, so so what you mentioned is pretty much every saying, well, that's my life. I can't escape these things. Are there, are there ways to, I guess, detox and get this stuff out and then keep it from coming back in? You know, it's an emerging science, but it's looking like uh, if you re restore the healthy microbes in your gut, uh, you, they have an incredible capacity to detoxify numerous, uh, both heavy metals, especially lead, cadmium, and mercury, as well as many industrial compounds. Not, not to say you're impervious, of course not, but these, these creatures, especially ones that come from fermented foods, species like Leuconostoc mesenteroides, Pediococcus species, these are very potent detoxifying microbes. So restoring healthy microbes has kind of a double benefit. Not only do you feel better and you're happier and have a better gut, they also help detoxify some of the exposures we have. Yeah, and you know, everyone's heard about probiotics. Is this something that, that you recommend we get from food or, or should we take daily supplements? You know, the most important thing people can do is do what your great-grandmother did and ferment vegetables on your kitchen counter or buy them, of course. Buy kimchi, sauerkraut, fermented sauerkraut, not just brine and, and vinegar, but for, truly fermented sauerkraut and fermented vegetables and kefirs and yogurts. Not the stuff in the store, though. One of the things we have to deal with is when you buy commercial fermented foods, you know, manufacturers try to abbreviate their production time as much as possible. And when you ferment a food to grow microbes, time is critical. So I tend to, for instance, make yogurt over 36 hours, not the four hours of commercial yogurt making. We ferment vegetables on the kitchen counter for days to weeks and sometimes months. And we get this thick soup of microbes, just like your grandmother did. And most of the time when people do this, they return to fermented foods. They say typically within days, I'm happier than I've been in decades. I have more energy, mental clarity, and my gut feels so much better. Now, some people say I can't eat fermented foods because I get weird reactions like skin rashes, depression, suicidal thoughts. 
Those are the people, it's a sign that you have massive disruption of your GI tract microbes, especially microbes living in the upper bowel, so-called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is quite common, unfortunately. Yeah, I know your book, Wheat Belly, jump-started the anti-grain movement and the gluten-free options we have now everywhere, really because of you. Uh, but seeing gluten-free on a food label isn't always synonymous with being healthy. What should people look for when shopping for gluten-free options? Oh, yes. Big, big topic, big issue. Because unfortunately, so we say wheat and grains are awful for health. Unfortunately, industry comes to your rescue with garbage replacements made with cornstarch, rice flour, tapioca starch, potato flour. You know, wheat, like whole wheat, raises blood sugar higher than table sugar, which surprises many people. But check any table on glycemic index, you'll see over and over again, among the highest glycemic indexes is in whole wheat products. So what foods are worse than wheat and whole wheat? Cornstarch, rice flour, tapioca starch. <laughs> it's always like a cruel joke. <laughs> So those things raise your blood sugar, cause insulin resistance, cause massive increase in weight, especially in visceral fat around your waist. And they make many people type 2 diabetics. And so it's, it's absurd that food, big food does this or those food companies do this. It's all for profit. So we've got to be smarter than food manufacturers as well as smarter than dietary guidelines. Yeah, as you're, as you're saying that, it's like I'm thinking a fireman trying to put the fire out with gasoline. It's like, hey, uh, yeah, fire's bad. Right. Let's get rid of it and get some more gasoline. <laughs> so, that's right. That's, that's right. That's good, good. Good info. I know the, the pandemic, you know, immunities on people's mind is a big focus. It's been said that our gut makes 70% of our immune system. I'm curious, does that mean people with conditions like IBS or other gut issues, do they get sick more often because of a weak gut or, you know, a leaky gut? You know, not a well-studied area, but they likely do. There's preliminary evidence that this is indeed true, that when you muck up your uh, intestinal microbes, you also muck up your immune system. Conversely, if you restore crucial key microbes, you can have a dramatic improvement in uh, the immune response. There's a species. You can actually get this at the store. You can get this at Target or Walgreens or Walmart. It's, it's a product called Yakult, Y-A-K-U-L-T. It's not a very good product because it's skim milk with sugar in it, but you, you get about 6 billion counts of a very specific microbe called Lactobacillus casei subspecies Sharota. <laughs> so you get this microbe. We make yogurt out of it. We extend it prolonged fermentation, 36 hours of fermentation. We get 12 or more doublings out of it. We get hundreds of billions. Because when you get not the 6 billion in the, in the uh, product as it comes, but the hundreds of billions we get by prolonged fermentation. And it's very easy to do on your kitchen counter. It's all in the super gut book. We get hundreds of billions of this lactobacillus KCI Sharota, and it amplifies your immune system dramatically such that you're 50% less likely to get any respiratory viral infection. And if you do, it's abbreviated by 50%. There's also a very, very tantalizing conversation coming out of the Reuteri experience in an experimental, in preclinical models. You know, when we age, we lose the size of our thymus and its capacity to produce T cells against viruses and bacteria, as well as immunosurveillance against cancer. Well, the thymus gland is, reaches its maximal size and function at age 15 and loses its function every year thereafter until age 70. It's only 10% of its original size and T-cell capacity. In an experimental model, if you give an old mouse with a shrunken thymus, rotorite, the thymus regains function of a young mouse. 
We'd like to see that done in a human uh, trial. We have several clinical trials set up. That one's, I don't know if I have the uh, wherewithal to do that because it's kind of outside of my area. But it would be fascinating to see if we can reverse what's called thymic involution or thymic atrophy. Because if that is true, if that holds true in humans, that's a major, major uh, uh, plus for human health. Oh yeah, I think I think we're just seeing the, the beginning of what's going to be a mountain of information when it comes to the gut. I think we're just they haven't even touched the surface yet. Let, let me get your take. Yeah, let me let me get your take. So many diets. I get the paleo and the vegan, and and you know we get all these weight loss and there's the intermittent fasting diet. It generally allows an eating window of of twelve noon to seven p.m. And now there's the one meal a day of skipping breakfast, skip lunch, and just gorge down a huge dinner. To me, it makes more sense to eat our biggest meals earlier in the day when people eat at 7 p.m. and they go to bed three hours or so later, food isn't fully digested. I want to get your opinion. That's just something I've, that's in my mind. That's my belief. Tell me if I'm, am I wrong? No, I, I think you're right. Though I also think it's a little dangerous to overthink diet. You know, if you and I grabbed our spear club or axe this morning, went out to the woods or forest or jungle and killed something, tore open his abdomen, chewed on the stomach raw and some of the intestines, dragged the carcass back to our camp, cooked it over a fire, ate the brain, thymus, heart, tongue, liver, kidneys, and then some of the meat. You know, we don't, we didn't, we didn't say, you know what? Oh, we should save this for later or maybe not eat for a while. What we're trying to do, I think that really makes sense to me is mimic behavior of the people who lived for the last 3 million years whose habits are programmed into our genetic code. So by doing so, no one worries about calories. Nobody worries about fat intake. The, the problem is some of those habits, like eating brain, that, by the way, is rich in hyaluronic acid and omega-3 fatty acids, but right. no one wants to do that anymore. Right. Eating fermented foods because there was no refrigeration. So all these things really are kind of addressing all the things coded into our genetics, genetic code. And so uh, one of the things that I see is people who are wheat, grain, and sugar-free, as we do in my programs, wheat belly programs, undoctored programs, super gut, et cetera, is that the intermittent fasting or the time-restricted eating does provide a little bit of an advantage if you take a Walmart shopper that is an average American. They get big benefits. If you take someone like us following these kind of no wheat, no grains, no sugar diets with restoration of nutrients lacking in modern life that address insulin resistance – in that context, the benefits are modest. Right. That makes sense. What's your opinion of coffee? Uh, you didn't mention a lot of that in the book. I hear mixed opinions. Some say it's not good for the gut. Others say it is. Are you a fan of morning java? <laughs> you know, I, I, I think it's another case of overthinking things. I think enjoy your coffee. I mean, within reason. Don't, don't drink four pots. But within reason, right, yeah. not that big a deal. If you're busting through the door like Kramer from Seinfeld, you've probably had too much. <laughs> Talk to us about alcohol. I did read that tequila is considered gut healthy because it contains inulin, which supports the growth of good bacteria and improves digestion. Any truth to that? Is having tequila on Taco Tuesday recommended? Huh. You know, the quantity of inulin, fructooligosaccharides, is, is not all that great. But, you know, it's easy to get your fructooligosaccharides and inulin. You can get it from onions shallots, garlic, a uh, green unripe banana. There, there's uh, chicory. There's numerous sources of inulin. It's probably easiest. It is one of the most important fibers to nourish your, your microbiome, but it's also very easy to get from other sources. So you could get a little bit from tequila, but I wouldn't say that's your primary source. 
That's not a good choice. It's just an excuse to get drunk. Admit it. That's what they're trying to do. We got to find some rationale to drink the, something. <laughs> it's not all gasoline putting out the fire. It's mostly 99% water, but there's a little gasoline. <laughs> That's not going to get. <laughs> now, yeah. Now, in your book, you share a four-week plan to eliminate bad bacteria and bring back the the missing good. Uh, the top three foods that you think are the most unhealthy that destroy microbe. I guess wheat would be number one. What would be like a, the top two after that? Sugar is a big one. You know, all it takes is an all-expense-paid vacation for a few days where you had too many margaritas over three days. That's all it takes to get irritable bowel syndrome and also. SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. It's, that happens that fast. So that's good and bad because it means you can in, uh, introduce very unhealthy, destructive changes into your microbiome in a matter of days, but it also means you can retrace your steps and rebuild it also within days. So it's very rapid to uh, respond, though sometimes there's a lot of intestinal healing that takes longer. Um, after that, for the microbiome, oh, foods to avoid, well... <laughs> you know, the, the list of uh, wheat and grains is long, so it, it's not just one thing. It's wheat, right. corn, millet, oats, rice, sorghum, rye, barley. So that alone is a long list. If you do that, that is, eliminate the foods that the human body was never intended to consume. You know, those are all seeds of grasses. People have forgotten that grains are seeds of grasses. And humans just don't have the digestive apparatus to consume seeds of grasses. And so when we do so, weird things happen. Some of the proteins, for instance, are indigestible or only partially digestible. For instance, the gliadin protein. People say gluten, but it's actually the gliadin within wheat and related grains. You can't break it down to amino acids like other proteins, like an egg or a pork chop. You break it down to four or five amino acid long fragments or peptides. And these peptides have a variety of properties that include getting into the brain and acting as opioids. And, but they don't make you high, they stimulate appetite. So wheat and related grains are very potent appetite stimulants. So one of the great things when you go wheat and grain free, there's a dramatic reduction in appetite and you can cruise through your day. And so what you're talking about, like time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting becomes very easy if you want to do it. And by the way, also that boost in oxytocin we get from restoring lactobacillus roteri also suppresses appetite. So those of us doing these kinds of things have almost Herculean resistance to temptation, to cupcakes and bagels and, and donuts and all those kinds of things. Yeah, and yeah, that makes sense. You eat one piece of pizza, you crave a next piece, next piece, next piece. It really does. It, it creates your, your your drive to eat. You don't get that if you eat a big bowl of broccoli or, 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 or beans. <laughs> you just don't get that kind of feeling. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Now your book, right. your book shares how a healthy gut can help slow down the sands of time. How can our gut increase our lifespan? Well, that's all being charted out. Uh, I'll refer back to my favorite microbe, lactobacillus roteri. So that boost in oxytocin not only smooths your skin and reduces wrinkles, it restores muscle and strength that you lose with aging. We lose about 35% of our muscle and strength. It comes back, especially if you combine it with a little bit of strength training on occasion. There's also an increase in libido and an increase in the erotic content of your dreams. There's deeper sleep. There's preservation of bone density. Uh, there's more optimism. And that, so smoother skin, more muscle, uh, stronger bones, 
deeper sleep. Well, I think that looks to me, that sounds to me like turning the clock back 10 or 20 years. And you know what? We'll see that too. People will give me a share of their selfies with me and you'll see it. They look like people who are 70 now look like they're 52 or something like that. It's a dramatic change for a lot of people. That's fantastic. You know, uh, real quick with the, uh, how many bowel movements should people have normal? I had a patient says, is uh, two bowel movements uh, healthy? And I said, yeah, two is healthy, but ideally it's three per day. And she says, per day, I'm talking about per week. I go, you only go twice a week? <laughs> so <laughs> what have you found? What's normal? We should be eliminating how often? I find most people who do these things and eliminate the collection of bowel toxins and reorder their microbes typically go twice a day, formed, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, two big players, that, that gliadin protein of wheat that becomes opioid peptides. Well, we all know that opioids are terribly constipating. So some of the worst constipation you'll ever see are people who consume grains. Ironically, we're told that we need bran fiber, right? <laughs> Regular right. bowels. But it's actually the gliadin-derived opioids that cause the constipation that can sometimes be quite severe. So getting rid of wheat and grains is, is a great start for restoring bowel regularity. And then, of course, restoring healthy microbes really helps uh, bowel movements become regular. And people typically go twice a day. Yeah, fantastic. And the minute we have left, is there anything else related to super gut we didn't cover that you'd like to share with the listeners? Well, you know, sometimes people get a little overwhelmed. They say, oh, man, all this talk of lactobacillus, this and that. But what I tell them is pretend it's like a restaurant. You go to the restaurant and the waitress hands you a menu. You don't freak out and say things like, I can't order all these appetizers and main dishes. You order the dishes you want. Same thing here. You can pick the microbe for the effect you want. Rotorite for smoother skin, deeper sleep, increased libido, a KCI for improved immunity and reduction in stress effects, gasserite, lactobacillus gasserite for reduction in waist circumference, bacillus coagulans for reduction in knee arthritis pain, bifidobacter infantis for a healthier child, less likely to have asthma and irritable bowel syndrome, less likely to be obese as an adult and have a higher IQ. Yeah, I love that analogy about the the menu. You know, it's, it's a sprint, not a marathon. And people do see this big, thick book of yours. Oh, I'm overwhelmed. It's like, hey, it's just it's piece by piece. You don't have to be like, oh, I see hundreds of pages here. I don't want it. I can't get my gut cleansed. But, you know, like you just said, and uh-huh. maybe the little pieces in there can. You don't have to absorb everything and eat the, all the appetizers. <laughs> I love that. I'm using that. Yeah, you can use a few exactly. of my puns, but I'm going to use that one there. I'm Bar. <laughs> I, I will. Fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us today. I have a gut feeling many of our listeners took some great notes. I know I did. The book is called Super Gut, a four-week plan to reprogram your microbiome, restore health, and lose weight. You can get your copy everywhere books are sold, or you can go to drdavisinfinitehealth.com. And while there, be sure and check out his informative articles, his interviews, and gut-healthy recipes. You can follow Dr. Davis on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Davis Infinite Health. And on Twitter, he's at William Davis MD. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Dr. David Friedman. On Instagram, I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard something today that can benefit somebody you know, send them a link to this podcast. Available to you at healthradio.com and radiomd.com. And check out our podcast library. Share these segments with friends, family, and coworkers, and on social media. Sharing is caring. You can also subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned, stay well, and keep those guts of yours healthy.